0: Hashtag S-A-F-M-B-T-H. And we start off with uh, the story with um, the Gauteng Partnership Fund. The CEO, Lindy Wekwele, now joining us on the line. Earlier on today, Gauteng Human Settlements MEC, Lebohang Maile, released an investigation report into the loans offered to Nongkwele Investments, owned by Nghebe Nongkwele, who is the Deputy President Paul Mashatile's son-in-law. According to Maile, the investigation was unable to make conclusive findings whether all applicable policies, procedures, and other laws and regulations were followed in approving Nongkwele's investment loan due to certain crucial documents um, that the Gauteng Partnership Fund failed to locate. Linda is the CEO of uh, the GPF and now joins us on the line. CEO, good afternoon. Thank you so much for making time for us.
1: Good afternoon, Adren, and good afternoon to the FAFM listeners.
0: So why were the findings inconclusive? What happened to the documents if uh, you were also given access to the minutes of the board meetings?
1: Uh, thank you for that question. I just want to clarify some few issues here. Um, in terms of some of the documents that could not be found, it's not in relation to the board minutes or the investment committee meeting minutes, but it was in, re- in reference to the, the minute of the onboarding process, which was an administrative process. But in terms of the board approval processes on all the committees as well as the board minutes, mm. that was uh, submitted. Um, I just wanted to clarify that. So what the investigator uh, had an issue with was the process where you're advertising uh, for the opportunity for the beneficiaries to be onboarded, as well as the minutes of the committee that does the evaluation for the beneficiaries. Um, but all the minutes of the board yeah. committees as well as the main board were found. Uh, we were able to demonstrate that. <laughs> and, and and I think, Aldrin it's important to indicate that the executives that are in the GPF right now were not in the employ of the GPF at that particular time. There has been some um, uh, uh, employees leaving the institution, but we did everything that we could to submit uh, every information that was requested. Yeah. But obviously in areas where we couldn't, there was nothing that we could do at the time. Sure. Thank you.
0: Sure, but I, I don't understand. As I'm saying, like so, you managed to get access to the board meetings, um, the yes. minutes of the board meetings. So yes. why has the committees meeting, the minutes of the committees meetings in the adjudicating process? How have those disappeared?
1: It's not the adjudication in, in the context of supply chains.
0: Um, yeah, I think yeah. Let,
1: let, let, let's give context because uh, how when you are bringing in, the, in the, the the beneficiaries for the entrepreneurial empowerment property fund. You advertise, and then you bring people on board to be taken through. That process is separate to a loan application process. I hope I'm making yep. myself clear, because the loan application process gets submitted, gets gets subjected to a, a different process altogether, and that is the process, process that make it to the board committee, the governance committees, if I may put it that way. Mm-hmm. So um, you could find that um, when you are onboarding. Uh, Beneficiaries, maybe out of 50, maybe only 10 can actually bring in um, a, a, a projects that require um, a, a, a approval. Um, and then that's that, that what was happening at that particular time. But also, I think it's important to indicate, Adrian, that um, the GPF of that time, for instance, uh, at the time they didn't have the technical credit risk committee. To date, we have a loan application uh, a system as, a, as well as a loan management system and the technical credit risk committee that actually regulate and facilitate that particular process.
0: Yeah okay and the finding that there was no legal basis or otherwise for gpf to approve the scope change by restructuring the project from affordable housing to a student accommodation project we know that this yeah. was done yeah. even when the process had already started when uh, some yeah. of the applicants had actually fallen away um, and yeah. then the scope of all of this was changed was then yeah. indication why the scope was changed from um, from affordable housing to student accommodation
1: yeah, um, just to keep context uh, again, uh, if you look at the project, when the project started, uh, they were onboarded as an EPF project. Uh, we, with, uh, obviously, there's a, a, for each product, there is a limitation in terms of the amount that the, a, the organization can fund. And as you know, that GPF always assumes a role of a mezzanine fund, a junior funder, and then there will always be a senior funder in all the projects that we get involved with. At that time, it was the GPF and the NHFC, GPF being a junior funder, and the NHFC. And then, obviously, in every um, uh, uh, project lending uh, uh, process, the, the, the junior funding instrument facility is the one that gets exhausted first before you tap into the senior funding process. Yeah. So uh, at, when they, they were onboarded, Uh, After there was an appraisal report, and I think you'll notice that even the investigator had an issue with the comprehensiveness and the quality of the actual appraisal report. It was in place, but I don't know how it didn't pick up the the rock that became a a huge impediment in terms of the cost overrun at the time. But I want to confirm that to date we do extensive geotech studies. Uh, and even our team, they go on site to verify before even the report is tabled at the TCRC to make sure that everything, um, the all uh, eyes are dotted and uh, teeth are crossed in as far as legal, technical, and financial due diligence. So that created a problem of cost overruns, and the issue with the investigators are saying, why then did we allow? If if the the issue of affordability of the project viability at an EPF process at a rental. Uh, accommodation uh, um, uh, housing uh, process proved that it was not viable. What was the basis to actually approve um, the restructuring? But mind you, remember the in, the, the organization had already uh, invested the seven point two yeah. million, so they were trying to salvage as opposed to losing the investment that was there. So when that investment, uh, when that process was. Um, being approved, the, the the developer in question needed to also go and raise more funding because now with the student accommodation, in order to make this viable, they needed to do uh, instead of 45 units, 90 um, units. Yeah. So they needed more money, and they couldn't get the money, and that's why the project was um, uh, abandoned. And I need to also indicate, Aldrin, that um, in terms of the money, because as you know, the public do- in the public uh, the public narrative has always been we dispersed. Uh, million, mm-hmm. uh, which is sexually incorrect, and the report confirmed that the amount that was dispersed was only $7.2 million, and the, the investigators also confirmed that the $7.2 million can be accounted for, and that it was used for the purpose it was intended for. They even confirm that the settlement agreement upon which we now need to recoup the monies that were given to the, um, uh, the developer, the, the settlement process, yes, is underway uh, in line with our asset disposal framework.
0: So of that $7.2 million, how much has uh, Nguelo Investment paid back?
1: They, they did not pay anything back. Um, as I said, remember, the GPF, uh, they, they did not pay anything back. Uh, that's where the, the process was abandoned. And that where because there are certain securities that you put in place. And that settlement agreement, you can either either go to court or you exercise some of the remedies that the, the organization can have to fast track and recover that money. Um, and then the settlement agreement was then conducted and the process of disposal. So we needed to also bring in either your real estate and your, your, your auctioneers to come on board to assist the GPF in disposing, not just Nongkuelu, but all other non-performing loans.
0: Okay. Um, with yes. Nongkuelu investment, was the issue at all raised that actually the the developer is the son-in-law of, at the time, Um, he was still the Human Settlements Minister, or MEC. Did that issue Uh, come up at all? The
1: the, the terms of reference uh, for the actual investigation, that was one of the key issues that we needed uh, uh, tested uh, in terms of the undue influence or favoritism or any conflict of interest. Uh, as you know, that the first uh, the rental uh, housing um, uh, pro- uh, 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 approval was done in 2013, mm-hmm. and then the, re- the restructuring only happened in 2017, where the person in question, as well as the um, the, the, the the relative, was 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 involved around yeah. the 2017 at the restructuring process. And remember, as much as the restru- restructuring happened, it was abandoned because he couldn't raise any funding. So that matter was abandoned altogether, and he couldn't even. Uh, Exhausted the junior funding, so that that process but, became, yeah. But,
0: but but what what was the finding?
1: The finding was that uh, the GPF uh, trustees may be liable uh, for allowing the restructuring, exposing the GPF to further to greater risk, if I may call yeah. it that way. So GPF uh, trustees needed to have dealt with this matter once and for all when they discovered that it was not viable at a, a, a social housing perspective, when that okay. huge rock was discovered on, on site. Okay. So the, the, the appraisal report really was found wanting. in Because the geotech must look at all aspects of sure. everything. Uh, and they felt that, the, that that part was not uh, thoroughly done
0: so 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 the part of the relative though yes was that what was that disclosed to the evaluators as well and even before the money was made available to togueev investment
1: the part uh, as i said uh, um eight uh, that um the approval happened in twenty thirteen yeah in thirty in twenty thirteen the m the MEC for housing i think it was in zombiembi if i'm not mistaken mm-hmm. uh, it was in the the the, the d p yeah so and then there was issue, the
0: restructuring that happens right the and the restructuring happens as um paul Mashatile is the is the mec for housing or human yeah, settlements in gauteng so i'm asking at that particular point was it disclosed to them that actually this person or this inv- developer is a relative to the human settlements mec surely there is a conflict of interest don't you think so
1: uh, in the, in the, the process, remember, is, is, is done through the GPF uh, yes. as the entity of the state. And at the time, I think even the checking the source of funding and the, the KYC process, as much as it was done, it was not as rigorous as we have now. Because even to date, we now have the anti-money laundering policy, politically exposed people and conflict of interest policies, things that were not prevalent at the time in terms of the policy instruments that were tied in the work of the GPF. But what the report came out with, it did indicate that they looked at the influence. And the, the, un, the undue influence and favoritism, and they could not link or could not find that there was any undue influence from the executive authority perspective, Elton.
0: Okay. Thank you so much for your time. That is uh, the CEO of the Houting Partnership Fund, Lindy Kwele.